0: and everyone let's stand together and worship this morning
1: Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. What a mighty God we serve, ladies and gentlemen. What a mighty God that we serve. Are you glad to be here today? Do I have a new baby running around here somewhere? Not running around yet. I saw Brandon Anderson. Are you guys in here? I'm delusional this morning. I've been fighting flu all week, so just bear with me. So good to have baby Anderson with us today. I don't know. He may be sleeping maybe, but let's give a hand clap to them. It's so good to see him in the house of the Lord with us this morning. And it is our prayer that the blessings of God would just continue to flow on them and their home. We have several people that are having babies and we love it because we like having a lot of babies around the church. So, y'all just keep doing that and um, keep producing as the Lord has taught us to do. And we will grow God's church one way or the other. We've had a series of unfortunate events that have taken place this week. Um, as you've already heard, I fought with the flu, me and my wife, all last week. And I know I am not running fever. I have run fever for days, probably four days And so don't get nervous about that, Um, but I am still weak, not 100% today, my voice is not 100%, and so I may not be as jumpy and happy as I typically am today, but I do have a word for you that I think the Lord's wanting to speak to us today, and I'm just praying that he'll give us the strength to deliver that word to you and that you'll receive it in Jesus' name today. Pastor Brian also uh, came down with the flu. He was in the hospital yesterday, he was getting um, fluids yesterday, and so he's sick. Susan, his wife, is sick. Uh, The reason I'm in the the cage today and they boxed me in again is because Brad was unable to be here. And so Brad's actually sick as well. And so, uh, man, I'm telling you, we've got uh, a lot of sickness going on, but I'm going to tell you what. The Lord's still in control, and I'm glad to see you folks here today. How does that sound? If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and go to our text this morning. <clears throat> I want to speak on a subject, if the Lord would help me, on seeking the face of God. We often use this terminology that will say we need to seek God's face. Anybody ever said it? Oh, how our nation needs to seek God's face. But the question are, are we really seeking God's face? And so I want to dive into this this morning, take my time for just a few minutes about dealing with the fact of seeking the face of God. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 11. The Bible said, Seek the Lord and His strength, seek His face evermore. I was reading the other day about God and some of the dilemmas of God and one of the points was this that one of the greatest dilemmas that God has is trying to help man understand who he is. I want to say that again. One of God's greatest dilemmas is trying to get man to understand who he is. Because the hardest thing about God is that he all the time has to watch his kids as they suffer. But yet he is unable to show them the reason for their pain. He is often unable to show us why it is that we're going through what we're going through. Why it is that we are suffering in our body like we're suffering in our body. Unable to make us understand why when we pray we don't feel like God is listening to us. This is a tragedy that God has, a dilemma that God has as He tries to get us to understand who He is. He's given us our our creation A matter of fact, He's given us a pile of stuff. Just go outside today and look around, and you're going to see that the creation of God is all around us. When you get ready to go to bed tonight, you can walk outside and you can look up to the stars, and you're going to see that there's stars up there, and there's moon up there, and there's beauty all around. And for those of us that know who Jesus is, guess what? We know that there's a God up there somewhere. He's given us His creation. But we still cannot comprehend how this God took nothing and he made something out of it. We still for the life of us cannot understand how that this God could take a little bit of dirt and dust and form us. But God did it. He made us in his very own image. But still we argue a lot of times over theological ideologies. We argue about characteristic and, and individuality. We walk by people sometime, and we think, we say, those people are weird. Can I tell you how to handle that? If you're weird, just go ahead and accept it and let everybody know that you accept it. When people tell me I'm weird, I tell them all the time, I know it. But guess what God calls it? I'm just unique. Individualistic How can they be saved? How can this person, the way they look, the way they act? I want to tell you all something. It's not our job to determine who's saved and who's not saved. It's not our job to say whether you're, you're worthy to go to heaven or not. I'm not taking on that role. That's the role of God, this great creator I'm talking about. He gave us ministers. He gave us teachers. He gave us gifts, spiritual gifts to use in the church. In the mornings, he says, Hello, with a sunrise. At night, he says, Good night, with a sunset. We have mountain peaks. We can go walk out there and look at the valley. Phenomenons of beauty are all around us. So, how in the world does God introduce himself to us? He sent to us his only begotten son, Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, he sent us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He gave us 66 volumes of writings. We call it the Holy Bible, plus all of the other beautiful things you see outside. Yet, with all of that, at the first sign of a bad day, believers will say, Where is God? At the first sign of trouble, what do we say? Where is God? Why would God allow this? We don't fully understand who this God really is. How do we really even know that God exists? Does God even care about me? Maybe some of the things that we may say. But God's design is for us to seek Him. God's plan has always been for man to seek Him. After Him. God's desire today for you is to search for Him, lest happily you are going to find Him. We are seeking after this God. When I look up the word seek, it simply means to resort to or or to go to this God, to try and discover Him. Can I tell you something about God that I learned a long time ago? I learned something new about God every day of my life. Every time I open up the Bible and His Word, I read a scripture or I hear a scripture, and I think to myself, I've never ever heard that one before. I know I have. I know I've read it. I know I've heard it. But it, it's a light bulb that just goes off in my head and I say, oh my gosh. I've never saw this scripture this way. I've never seen God this way. If we think that we can know who God is by one song or by one sermon, we've lost our minds. If we think that we can understand God... Just because we read our Bible through one time, we've lost our minds. We have not even scratched the surface of who this God is and how powerful and great He is. But God likes to be pursued. When you were dating, before you married your wife... Didn't your wife like to be pursued? Maybe some of you husbands like being pursued. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not going to mess with that. But there was something in you that you wanted that girl. You knew that was going to be your wife. And you sought after her. You pursued her. She couldn't get too far ahead of you without looking behind. And you looked like a little stalker following Because you wanted to know her. You wanted to know what she was about. You wanted to know who her daddy was. You wanted to know who her dog was. You wanted to know everything about her. Because you loved her. See, there's something about that girl too, and she may not tell you, but for some of you that haven't gotten married yet, I want you to know something. Most women like to be pursued. They like to know that they catch your eye they like to know that you want to know more about them that you still haven't figured it all out and you want more and that is the way that this God is that we serve it has always been the desire of God that man would want him that is why when he made Adam and Eve and he said I'm going to make you and the purpose that you're going to be here for is to give me glory to give me praise and God would come down and he would wait for Adam to pursue him And then together they would walk through the Garden of Eden. And they would talk together as friends. Because God loves it when we actually seek after Him. See, let me prove it. Isaiah 55 verse 6. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. There are three words that stand out to me in that text. And that is the last three. Are you still with me? I can't be quite as jumpy as I typically am because I've got to save this voice to make it through this sermon today because it's weak. He is near. Now, now I know that you guys have done it. I know that I have done it. There have been times in my life that, that I have said... I I I feel like God's a million miles away. Anybody? I feel like God's a million miles away from me. But there's one thing that I learned is when I felt like God was a million miles away, He was actually right there beside me. I love that poem about the footprints in the sand, and that He says there's one print, there should be two, and you weren't here in my hardest times, and God says it is here in these times. That I was actually carrying you. It is my footprints you see in the sand, not yours. I've been holding you up. I've been here all along. So when you feel like God is not there, God wants you to know you better keep on seeking because He is there. Job said, I've turned to my left. I've turned to my right. I've looked in front of me. I've looked behind me and I cannot find or perceive God. But finally he understands there's a God that's still here. And he knows the path that I take. And he has got everything under control. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. The Bible said he is made from one blood. Every nation of men. That is the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. To dwell on all the face of the earth. He has determined their pre-appointed times. The boundaries of their dwellings. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and they might find Him. I want to stop right there. Sometimes it gets dark. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night? I hate cutting on the lights in the middle of the night. I don't want to see lights in the middle of the night. My eyes are just... No, I just I don't want it. So I grope in the darkness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm grabbing for walls, and I'm half drunk because I'm half asleep anyhow. Here lately, I hate to say it, but I've been on NyQuil, so maybe I was a little bit, but anyhow. And I'm groping through the house, and I'm in the darkness, and I'm, I'm reaching here and there. I'm just trying to find my way. And I like this passage because he uses the terminology that we grope for Him. In other words, there's, there's times in our life that, that we're trying to feel for God and it's really dark out there and we maybe can't see Him. But look at what He says. He says, He is not far from each one of us. What does that mean? He is there. He is here. He is with you. He is beside you. So He says. He says, He is not far from each of you. Watch this. For in Him we live and we move and we have our being. In other words, He is the reason that we're here. He's the reason that we live. He is the reason that we breathe. He is the reason that we exist. He has not forsaken His creation. Because out of all the things God made, He doesn't value any of them more than He does you. The beauty. you y'all go, we drive hundreds, thousands of miles, fly all over the world to see this and that, you know, these wonders of the world as they call them, and we want to see that waterfall, and, and all these things are beautiful, and we're sitting there and we're oohing and on, and God's looking down with a grin on his face, saying, you think that's beautiful, but that is not my masterpiece. You. Are my masterpiece isn't that powerful? My gosh, we are the masterpiece of God. Why would he leave us? Why would he forsake us? Oh no, he is near in your Bible, and I 'm not going to read it for time's sake but but there's this guy for you you that studied the Bible. Students of the Bible, you'll know that there was a king, the first king of Israel. His name was King Saul. He was rejected by God as king of Israel for disobedience. He sought the position of God more than he did the presence of God. He sought the position, the power, the prestige. Look at who I am rather than seeking the presence and understanding I've got to have God with me or I can't do this anyhow. See, God is not promoting people who are self-promoters. God is not your butler, ladies and gentlemen. God is not your maid. God says to us today, I'm going to wait until you understand. That I am not here to serve you, you are actually here to serve me. Oh God. Now I want to give you this point and I want you to grab this if you miss, if you miss the rest of the sermon, do not miss this. That we live in a world where people only seek God when they are in need. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can look at a 9-11, for instance. A nation that, well, very seldom was praying, especially not in the public places, but all of a sudden when 9-11 happened, what did they do? Oh, my gosh, everybody's down on their knees. Everybody's got In God We Trust shirt on. Even the liberals had them on. And we're thinking, what in the world's going on in our nation? We live in a world that when they need something, they seek God. One man said it this way, that every atheist is the atheist until they're dying. And then all of a sudden, even the atheist says, God, could you help me here? We live in this world where people seek God when they are in need. In other words, could I say it this way? They seek for the blessing more than they seek for the actual blesser. They seek for the gift rather than seeking the giver of the gift. Oh, hallelujah. Could I say it this way? This is what I want you to grab. They seek, and I could really preach a sermon on this, but I'm not. They seek his hand instead of seeking his face. I'm going to say that again because you need to tweet it or you need to do something. Too often we seek the hand of God when we ought to be seeking after the face of God. Understand with me, what is a hand? Has anybody ever heard of a handout? Do you know what a handout is? That means give, give, give. A handout are people that are absolute leeches. They will drain you dry. There are people in your life that are gonna be like that. They're gonna want you to give to them. They're gonna want you to help them. When they need somebody to talk to, come on, you can talk to me. But God forbid that you need somebody to listen to you. They're nowhere to be found. Because all they ever want is a handout. That is all that they're good for is handouts. Give to me. And so they stretch out the hand. See, understand with me, I like the hand of God. I love the hand of God. The hand of God has moved in my life many times, more than I can even tell you today. A matter of fact, the hand of God represents God's provision. The hand of God's great. The hand of God says that my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches, right? This is the hand of God. That when I need somebody to call on as I just preached to you, I can seek him and I know that he is near. The hand of God is there to bless us. The hand, especially the right hand of God, it signifies the power of God. And so I love the hand of God. But there is a problem when people only seek after the hand of God. Because there is more to God than his hand. There is so much more to God than just what He is able to do for you because of His title. So then we move from the hand of God to the face of God. And the face of God... It symbolizes a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. It goes beyond seeking His benefit to actually asking God, Let me see you, God. It goes from seeking what He can do in His benefits to actually seeking God Himself. Oh, that I may know Him in the fullness of His glory, Paul said. When I seek the hand of God, I want the blessing of God. But when I seek the face of God, I actually just want God. Can you see the difference? God forgive me. God forgive us. Because if we are to be truthful in this place today, the fact of the matter is we've all been guilty in seeking His hand but not seeking His face. Saul falls into this category. So Saul is rejected by God. He seeks position over God's presence. We've got Samuel over here, the prophet of God, that is laying around literally in depression. He is crying, oh God, what are we going to do? The man of God now. Oh Lord, and I think the real deal is probably... Even though he knew it's Saul's fault that he acted like that, at the end of the day, he's the guy that poured the horn of oil over him. And so, to an extent, he feels responsible. I've got this guy, and look at what he's done. You're rejecting him. This is a horrible choice. He's whining, he's moaning. God, would you have mercy on Saul if you just give Saul another opportunity? If you just give Saul another chance uh, over their crying over God's rejection of Saul? But while he was doing that, God went on a manhunt for somebody after his heart. God has everything. How many of you know that today? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth, everything that is therein. All of us, all the animals, all the the oceans, all the land. It belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's. God has everything. He can create anything. But the only thing God ever looks for is a worshiper. And when he went on the manhunt after a rejected Saul, the Bible says he's looking for a worshiper. Can I tell you, true worshipers are hard to come by. You can get some praisers, but it's hard to get some worshipers. Praisers can be motivated, emotionally charged to praise the Lord. God even told us that if we don't praise Him, what did He say would cry out? The rocks are going to cry out. God doesn't need me to praise Him. The rocks can do it. The birds do it. I tell y'all sometimes that every time my aggravating dog sees a car go by, she scares the living daylights out of me. She howls like a wolf. Woo. I'll be. In, I, listen, I have been in my. Bedroom. She'd be at the front door and do it, and i jerk like that. It scared me so bad. You can charge people. You can get them emotionally charged, almost like an electrical charge. And you can talk them into being a praiser. Because if I get the music fast enough, I can get a hand clap out of you. If I preach good enough, maybe I can get something out of you. But a worshiper is so much different. A worshiper can go to a struggling church with a struggling pastor, struggling congregation, depleted and dejected. Everybody looks like they've lost their best friend. And Sister Sally still is on the pew lifting her hands, waving to Jesus. Ain't no music going, ain't nothing going, ain't nobody feeling nothing, but Sally's got worship in her heart. True worshipers are hard to come by. I thank God and I want to praise with the best of them, but I don't want to just be a praiser. I want God to make me a worshiper that when hell and high water I'm going through it, I'm still going to give God glory anyhow. Do you understand what I'm trying to say today? The woman at the well, you recall the story. When Jesus is talking to her and he says to her, she says, where are we going to worship? On this mountain or that mountain? And God says, it doesn't matter. If you're worshiping in the temple or if you're worshiping on this mountain or that mountain, he said, guess what? There's coming a day when true worshipers are going to show up. And it ain't going to matter what the setting is. It isn't going to matter where it's going down at. There's going to be true worshipers that are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. God finds one who is seeking him. Not his hand, but seeking his face. And when he finds this person, he says, I'm about to promote them. Now God found a young man named David. I want you to go to it, chapter 27. Let me take my time and go through this really quick. Verse 4. Let's go. Verse 4. He finds a shepherd boy. David said one thing. Again, how many things? There's not three. There's not there is one thing that I have desired of the Lord. Notice the next words, that will I seek, that I may dwell, live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Wow, that's another one of those wow moments that I said, that's all you can say sometimes if we could only get people to love church that much David said go back to verse 4 I'm not finished David said in verse 4 he said I want to dwell live in the house of the Lord All that All listen it's hard enough to get people to come to church David wanted to live there And he wanted to behold the glory and the beauty of the Lord. When was the last time that you looked at someone and said, Oh my, your wife, let's specify who we're talking to here, folks. And you said, Honey, your hands are so beautiful. Anybody? Do y'all say that? No, you look her in her face. And you say, You're beautiful. You don't tell people your hand's beautiful. If you do, maybe you got a fetish I don't know of, but all right. I look you in the face, I say you're beautiful because the face. He's beautiful. He said, I just want to go in the temple and I want to get in there with God in there and I want to stay there. You can cut off the lights. You can cut off the sound system, but you just leave me in there and let me seek after him and just behold the beauty of the face of this God that I serve. And I'll inquire of him. Let's go, friend, the time of trouble. Look at what this God does. He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He's gonna set me high on the rock here, O oh Lord. When I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me when you said, Seek my face. My heart said to you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. I want you for more than what you can give me. I want you because of who you are and I love God. That's it. God told Samuel, he said, get up from your mourning, your crying, your depression, get up. It's time for you to let Saul go. And I want you to go to anoint the one who is going to sing songs of worship. I want you to find the one that God wants, not just for his gifts. I'm telling you, David's brothers did not like him. A matter of fact, when he came to the battlefield with Goliath, we see that. When he said, why are you here? You ought to be tending after your father's sheep. His father didn't even believe in him. Because if he would have believed in him, somebody said, yeah, he did. not No, he didn't. Because if he would have believed in him when he said, bring all your sons in the house, guess who would have been in the lineup? Little ruddy David. But even his own father didn't think he had what it took to be a king until Samuel finally said, none of these guys are it. And he brought him from the field and he figured out that's the man after God's own heart that God wants to use Could it be that we don't seek Him as much because we've gotten used to Him? Could it be like a married couple who's been together for so long that the things that they used to love that impress them, those are things that they used to be in love with. Now maybe they just like them, but they've kind of gotten used to it now. Could it be that we are so used to God? That we decide whether or not we feel like we're going to worship or not. Have we gotten so used to God that we have to hire people to lead us in the worship? Oh, God help Jimmy today. Y'all can say, "Lord, I hope this man's better by next week." He's delusional today. That's right. We call them worship leaders. Because we're trying to get them to lead us in the worship. What I'm trying to tell you, if you're seeking his face, you don't need anybody to lead you in the worship. You're living a life of worship. Oh, God help us today. Hallelujah to the Lamb of Almighty God. So used to him that when he moves, we view it as a form of entertainment rather than an actual move of the presence of God. So used to chill bumps on our spines and our hair coming up, the songs that once moved us to tears, to anthems that once declared His glory, to sermons that once revealed His character to us and let us know, to an anointing that used to fall on us, to glory that came down and we compared it to the chican of glory that filled the room. Have we gotten so used to God God through the years that we have stopped seeking after his face it is a challenging thought because one of the problems with this generation today and when I say this generation I'm not talking about kids even though I am I'm talking about in the age that we live in today. This generation as we sit here today. Many generations are represented in this house from your family. But at the end of the day, one of the problems with the generations is that we have developed this ideology that we think we know who God is. God by whom all things flow. God by whom all things exist. And without Him, nothing would be made that was made. God who spoke nothing in the creation with His voice. God that can fling stars into the sky like little ninja stars. We know church. We know Greek. We know Hebrew. But we don't really know God we have not even scratched the surface of who god is we think we have we think we've got it figured out we think we know everything but guess what we don't know the half a matter of fact i must tell you today we think we know what god's capable of doing We have no idea what this God can do. It is untold what this God can do. And when you think that you've seen God do everything, all of a sudden God says, wait a minute, behold, I do a new thing in the earth. Can you not see it? So when I think that God's worked a miracle in my life, you know, when when I was coming up in church, I was... um, I told you we used to shout a lot, but we were a shouting church. They weren't many quiet services at our church. We were the type of church you could ride outside and you could hear people shouting in the yard, literally screaming, hallelujah. Every now and then you might be walking in, somebody be running out, just kicking the devil out the door and they were going to take a lap around the church. Some of you are like, what in the world is going on here? I'm going to tell you, if I try to take a lap, I'm going to fall out probably about back yonder. Somebody finish the service for me. We used to go to that little church. We used to shout. We used to rejoice. And I remember coming up to church, and I thought to myself, man, there ain't no way that you have a better service than that. Anybody ever been here? And I'll be dog, you'd go to the next one. You said, oh my gosh, that was better than last week. Nobody don't know what I'm talking about? What God was trying to show you is that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you're able to think about or even ask for. God says, I can do it. If you can think it, I can do it. If you can dream it possible, it can happen. That's why I tell people, if you're going to dream, why don't you go ahead and dream big? Because this God you serve is a big God that can do it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God help us today. Moses confessed to God. He said, I want to know you. He asked to see the face of God On Mount Sinai, Angie had actually (laughs) held the tablets that God's finger, this is crazy, actually inscribed, thou shalt not. Can y'all imagine being that guy? I mean, you walk up a mountain, it's thundering, it's lightning, the mountain's shaking, and you're in the presence of God, you're scared to death with irreverent fear. And you hold those tablets and God begins to draw Oh, what a moment it must have been. You talk about a man that knew God. I promise you, none of us have been that close to him. Literally that close to him. But as he's up on that mountain, he said, Lord, I want to know you. I want to see your glory. I want to see your face. I'm not not asking for anything today. I'm not asking for a miracle. I'm not going to pray about all that I want to do is see your beauty. You're a great God. If you just let me see you. What was God's response? said, Moses, no man can look on the face of God and live. There's too much glory. There's too much radiance. There's too... You think of looking at the sun. All right. You can look at the sun during the day, and how many minutes does it take for your eyes to clear up? You sitting there going, "Well, oh, I see white dots." Your eyes can't handle the radiance of the sun. God said, if I was to show you my face, your eyeballs would burn out your head. You could not handle the glory and the radiance that shines from me. Oh, it's too great for you to understand this radiant glory. But he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come by and you just get behind that stone and I'm going to show you my hinder part, but my face you cannot see. We think we know God. A man like that cried out, I want to know you. Paul even confessed, a man of God who knew God and said, Oh, that I may know him in the fullness of his glory. Your children are still shocking you every day. You're trying to figure them out. Your grandchildren, you're still trying to figure out them wild things. I told y'all last Sunday, My wife's still trying to figure out me. My point is simply this for everyone today. We're trying to figure them out. But yet you think you know God? You you still can't figure out after 30 years of marriage why your spouse acts the way they act. But you think you know God? No wonder that when we use the phrase, it is time to seek the face of God. It does not stop at the organ player. It does not stop with the preacher. It goes to every pew, to every individual, every seat and says, yes, buddy, that message is for you. That word is for you because you don't know God in his fullness. You need to know more about him. Do you want to know more about Him is the real question today. And I'm going to leave you with this. Come on to the piano. i preached about as much as my little body can stand. Job thought he knew God until God showed up one day. And this is what he said in Job 38.3. The voice of God rumbled and said, Brace yourself like a man and answer me, Job. He thought, what? That's God? I thought he'd be more gentle than that. No, sometimes, sometimes he has to be very forward with us. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, but will God indeed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple that i have built yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication O lord my god and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you god i may not know you fully but i do know this you cannot be contained We talked about that last Sunday. The religion tried to put him in a box and contain him and do everything nice and tidy. But God said, you can't fit me in a box. Solomon, who wanted to know more about God, builds this beautiful temple. Gold everywhere. Millions upon millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars on a temple. And he looks at the vast temple that he's built with all its magnificence and glory he says God you know what this temple can't hold you you're greater than this temple my even the heaven of heavens cannot contain you but yet I'm going to seek your face please hear my cry and answer my prayer there's one thing God will not deny and that is the cry of a seeker the cry of a seeker, God will not ignore. I want to close with this. I still believe Jeremiah 29. I think it's a powerful scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And typically we stop right there. But I want to read a couple of verses past. In those days when you pray, I will listen if you will look for me whole. not with half of yourself not with a quarter of your if you will from your head to your toe your body, soul and your spirit if you will wholeheartedly seek my face desire intimacy with me you will find me I will, verse 14 the first part I will be found by you says the Lord let's all stand as I close today thank you Holy Spirit My closing point is a reiteration of a middle point of my sermon. Are you seeking God's hand? Or are you seeking God's face? Even the Lord's prayer taught us this concept. Teach us how to pray. And this is what he said. He said, when you pray, Jesus said this, when you pray, say, Lord, I need some more money in the bank. When you pray, say, Lord, you don't know the trouble I've been going through lately, Jesus. When you pray, Lord, I don't understand why. When you pray, pray like this. Say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed or holy, be thy name the first thing you do per what Jesus gave us what we call the model prayer to follow after the blueprint he said when you get ready to pray don't pull out your Christmas wish list the first thing I want you to do is seek my face don't worry about my hand I've already promised my hand's going to take care of you. All I'm concerned about is if this is why you want me. Because of my face or because of my hand. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And now we get into give us this day our daily bread. Give me my provisions. Maybe not the Porsche I was dreaming of. But if you would give me bread and water today and I won't starve. Or is everybody still with me? See, we worry about the wrong things. Matthew 6, 33 said that when we put God first, all these other things are added unto us. We worry about the wrong things. God's already said, I already know the desires of your heart. you don't even have to ask me and I already know. And just like some of you are going to get somebody a Christmas present this year. Some of those things that you wanted in your heart that you never even asked God for might show up on your doorstep. God just showing you His hand still on your life. If you know what I'm trying to say, could you say amen? I'm closing. Father, today we seek your face. Today, we want to know you more. We don't know you fully. Sure, we know you to an extent. You saved us. We know what your, what the Bible says. We know what your word says. We know some of the great miracles you've done in our life. We know you in that way. But God, for us to get to a place that we get so comfortable and used to you that we don't think we need to go any deeper, God, forgive us convict us today and let us recognize that we need to seek your face more than we ever have before and as we seek your face your hand is going to go to work in situations in our lives but we got to make sure our hearts are in the right place before it happens sing it Beth Oh,
0: we all see. my life, You have been, been faithful. All my life, and all my life, You have been so so, so good. good. With every look, with, with every breath that I am in. able, oh, oh I was
1: sing of the good. Sing it one more time. Sing it with them. All my life.
0: All my life
1: you have been faithful. All my life you've been so good.
0: All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath, with every breath that I am able. Oh, I
1: will sing. Oh, I will sing. The goodness of God. Of the goodness. I'm gonna let her sing it again. Listen, this altar's open today. We're gonna do just a couple more songs here, a couple verses. If you want to seek His face today, I want you to come forward. I want you to seek Him today. Do you think you know God as good as you need to? Have you been saved so long that you feel like you don't need anymore? I remember growing up in church, and I used to, I used to think to myself, they'd be given an altar call, right? And I'd think to myself. I don't want to go down there. If I go down there, they're going to think the preacher preached to me. I look back now, Byron, and I think to myself, you know what? I want every sermon to be preached to me. I want to find something from the Word of God that speaks to me. Used to, I was embarrassed by that used to. I thought people look down at me. If I go to the altar, oh, he's not as good of a Christian as we thought he was. Really? No. It's because I've learned more about God. He's poked a hole in my heart and shone light in a place I never saw before. So excuse me if I want to seek his face.
0: All my life you have been faithful.
1: Life, you've been so good, Jesus.
0: All my life, you have been so, so good with every breath. Oh, with every breath, that, breath that I am able. Oh, oh, oh I, will I will sing of the goodness of, the goodness. Goodness of God. I love you,
1: Lord. I love you. I love you, Lord. Your mercy never fails. Oh,
0: your mercy. all my days oh, I've, I've been, been held.
1: held in your hand
0: yeah. from
1: the moment I laid it from down. the
0: moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will see
1: of the goodness of God sing it yes all my life all my life you have
0: Running after me with my life laid down of surrender now. I give you everything Your
1: goodness Oh it's running after It's running after me Oh I'm so glad your goodness is running after, It's running out Of that today.
0: All my life you have been
1: so, so good. You're have so good. With every breath, every breath that I am able, oh I will see. I'm gonna see of the goodness of God. Oh I will see. Oh I will see
0: of the goodness of God.
1: father today thank you for your word thank you for the people of god help us all today new christians veteran christians no matter how much we seek you just like the astrologers they look up into the sky every night they get their little books out they write their little notes And when they get finished, they say, my gosh, there's too much to behold. There's too much to handle. And then one night they look and they say, oh my gosh, we think we found a new new star. We found found a, a new thing in the atmosphere, in the universe, in astrology that we've never seen before. they get so excited and you're sitting there saying I named every one of the planets, I named every one of the stars I named every one of the galaxies I know them by name (laughs) and we think we know you Lord I pray that you would give us a yearning for you help us to be like the astrologer that they have an unquenchable thirst to see something new in the galaxy tonight that they didn't see last night. I'm asking you to give us a thirst from you for you that will say, God, we know we've seen you in the past, but we want to see you in a way we've never seen you before. We want you to do something in our church you've never done before. We want you to do something in our lives that you've never done before. Because just when we think we've got it figured out, you are going to absolutely blow our minds Because you're a God that is too great to be contained. You're a God that though we try to understand you and though we try to comprehend you, it cannot even enter into our hearts what you've done and prepared for us. Your ways are beyond our ways. Your thoughts are beyond our thoughts. Just give us this innate desire that says, i got to know you more. I've got to know God more. And you'll take care of the rest. You always have. You always will. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Can somebody shout amen today? Do you love Jesus? Give him a hand clap of praise in the house. God bless you.